Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Shout a Buffalo Bills football podcast. It is the preview edition, and it is a deep dive today. We're going to, uh, he's Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino. We're going to preview this game from the Bills side. I catch up with Joe Hoyt uh, from Lone Star Live here later in the episode to get that view from the Dallas Cowboys side. So a jam-packed preview episode of Shout, and it's a pretty big game this week. Uh, so we'll talk all about it. We're brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Uh, Tops' advent calendar is giving you 24 days of deals right now. Every day from December 1st until Christmas Eve, December 24th, you can reveal an exclusive digital deal hidden behind a magical advent calendar window. Each digital deal is valid all month long and can be used in store or online. Just shop with your Tops Bonus Plus or enter your phone number at checkout. Unlock extra savings for delicious treats and much, much more. Ryan Talbot, how are you, buddy? Hey, I am doing great on this 50-degree day here, getting ready for a a Bills-Cowboys matchup. Yeah, it is a it is crazy weather. I had the jacket on today. I had to I had to take it off for a little while when I went out to uh, the the facility in Orchard Park. Um, you know, we're getting into this game, and I think the best place to start is where the bill who the Bills won't have in this game, mm-hmm. and that is AJ Epinesa and Micah Hyde. We talked a little bit about it on the Wednesday show. They have already been ruled out. So, you know, looking at that situ- situation, number one, you start with Von Miller. Uh, he's gonna have to step up into a much bigger role he's only been playing low 20 uh in terms of snap count aj epinesa has been averaging about 42 over his last four games so those are snaps that you're going to have to fill somehow maybe kingsley jonathan gets the uh, game day active jersey but to me you look across this defensive line it's nine games now into the season for von miller he shedded the brace last week uh the bills are are comfortable enough playing him and so he's got to reward them in a big spot against a really good quarterback yeah, I mean, that, that's just it, Matt. And maybe the most promising sign that he might be able to do something is the way that he played down the stretch for Buffalo uh, against Kansas City, getting some late pressures on Patrick Mahomes, getting close to the quarterback. 
maybe having these extra reps are going to benefit him in game and allow him to really get after the, the quarterback, in this case, Dak Prescott, because the Bills need that. Whether it's his side or whether it's on the opposite side, um, the Bills D-line really needs to step up in this game because there's another big loss on the back end of this defense that we'll talk about here in a minute. So Von Miller, first and foremost, what we saw late in the game against Kansas City needs to carry over into this matchup against Dallas. Yeah, and I think like Dak is such an interesting study this year and in, in how he's been so effective. I think the first and foremost – and I talk about this with Joe uh, later in the show, but like the emergence of CD lamb as like an absolute stud in their offense, reliable number one option. I mean, it's crazy to think about Ryan. Like if you go through Dak Prescott's career, he started in 2016. He's been at this for a while. I mean, Tony Romo has been up in the booth. Like it, it feels like Dak Prescott's one of those guys. We have, we have a clear picture of who he is, but I feel like in his own way, He's reshaping what that is. I mean, 28 touchdowns this year, six interceptions. Uh, he's on pace to maybe set a career high uh, in 2021. He went for 37 touchdowns and 10 interceptions on a, a kind of a similar track there. And and he's doing it a way that um, he does a nice job of not risking the ball, navigating the pocket, um, utilizing a pretty good pass protection uh, from a good offensive line. And, you know, he's a really tough guy to stop. So on the back end, on the front end against this Bills defense, I mean, they have to be up to the task uh, against Prescott, who just hasn't allowed himself to beat the Cowboys outside of that Eagles game uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, he's doing a good job protecting the football first and foremost. He's He does a great job get, getting up and down the field with it, and he has a lot of weapons. You know, C.D. Lamb, obviously, first and foremost in that wide receiver room, uh, but he also has a great running back who's starting to come on in Tony Pollard and uh, some really nice depth receivers behind C.D. Lamb. So they have plenty of weapons. The Bills' back end is going to have to be as sharp as ever, and they need to get that pressure up front. You have to hope that, too, maybe on the road uh, – whether, despite it being in the 40s forecasted for this game, maybe some rain will will make him play uh, or maybe lead to a few mistakes for Dak Prescott, a slippery football, not being able to play you know, in the dome and, and things like that. All of that maybe can factor in and benefit the Bills, despite it not being a typically frigid day in western New York. Then you have um, Micah Hyde, who is out, and Sean McDermott said today that you know, injured reserve when looking at AJ Epinesa and Micah Hyde. I mean, he said they're not ruling out the possibility for both, but it seems like Micah Hyde's more in that bucket and potentially uh, a candidate for IR, which is interesting because if they do put him on IR, that puts him probably out, uh, if my math's correct, for the first playoff game in the wildcard round. So, you know, that potentially puts his season in, in, in major danger. I mean, this is the last question. This is the last year on his contract. The future is so uncertain with, you know, where the money that he's making at this stage in his career. And if maybe this would have been his last year in Buffalo regardless. Um, but depending on how this end of the season goes, I mean, if he ends up going on IR, that could be it. And you wonder if, if there's any chance of him returning if the Bills don't opt to just carry him on the roster uh, because of that. You wonder if they start to maybe think about that um, as they make their decision here. Yeah, when when it comes to hiding this injury and the stinger, it's just something that can reoccur so you know so easily for uh, someone that had that neck injury last year and and had a procedure done. It's just it's worrisome, and I think that the Bills have to weigh the option of 
protecting the player, which is what they're doing now by not playing him, obviously. And uh, long-term, is this something that you want to have him on the IR for? Like you said, risk not having him. Or is it, if it's something where he feels good and he wants to be out there, you know, let him maybe uh, play out the rest of the season without playing in the regular season, but maybe have him active and, and ready to go come playoff time. Give him that rest that he, he likely needs. Or even, you know, best case scenario, maybe out there for week 18 and uh, what could be a, a big game against the Miami Dolphins. So it, it, it's a fine line. And like you said, finally, you're the deal. But with these neck injuries, too. Wouldn't surprise me in the least bit if this was the end of the road, just in general for Micah Hyde and saying, I have a lot of years left after football and, and wanting to be able to enjoy them and not having to deal with these neck injuries and, and the stingers and everything that persists with that. So um, no matter what happens down the road, hopefully Bill's fans can give him his his proper due for being such a, a key part in the culture change at one Bill's drive, uh, being a big part of this playoff roster, this team that's come very close, just hasn't been able to get over that hump. Uh, Micah Hyde, uh, with him out, you're probably looking at another start for Taylor Rapp. That would be number three on the season. This is what they brought him here for. Uh, and so you'll probably see him out there with Jordan Poyer. And then in the dime looks, you'll see uh, – for Walter, yeah, don't eat this one because this is the doggy one. I know. Okay. <laughs> You're so nice. You're gonna make him a little peanut butter treat. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right, little uh, little cameo from Kennedy there. Um, so when they go to the dime look, I expect it to be Cam Lewis who had 11 snaps Ryan on Sunday against the Chiefs, and when he was in there, the highest graded safety for the Bills according to Pro Football Focus, uh, he could be in line. And I'm wondering if they don't like. Depending on the looks, depending on the situations, maybe not even uh, rotate Lewis and Cam and uh, Taylor Rapp in this game. And I know Demar Hamlin seems to be pretty excited about potentially playing. Uh, he tweeted on Wednesday, "See you all on Sunday." Uh, so you know, I don't expect him to play more than special more than special teams. But I feel like every time Hamlin gets out there, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's a great story. It's unbelievable to have him out there on the field and. Uh, the fans obviously love seeing him out there, so it'll be good for that. And like you said, probably just a special teams role uh, with Cam Lewis, with Taylor Rapp, and hopefully those two guys are able to uh, make the most of their reps and help this defense against a, a very explosive Dallas Cowboys team. Um, offensively for the Cowboys, like you, when you're breaking down this team and where they've been really good and and how they're winning, you know, go over and take a look at their DVOA uh, rankings on offense and defense for like maybe a little bit more of a clear picture. Like where is it um, that they is there a weakness? Is is anything uh, you can kind of pinpoint? Not really, Ryan. I mean, they no. they rank number six in the league offensive DVOA at twelve point three percent. They rank number. Um, five in the league in defensive DVOA at minus nine and a half. Um, and it, to me, it starts with their front and the way they're able to generate so much pressure. They're so good consistently against the run with their um, defensive line. I mean, everybody knows uh, Micah Parsons. Everybody knows Demarcus Lawrence. And um, they're as good as it gets in terms of a, a pass rushing duo. Yeah, you're right. I mean, listen, we were talking pre-show about uh, matchups to watch, and it's just like the Bills' O-line against Micah Parsons, <laughs> just keeping him away from Josh Allen because this guy is a special talent. Uh, he is a game wrecker. He is someone uh, that is among the elite of the elite in this league when it comes to uh, play at the defensive level. He can, he can get after you. He can cover. He can do everything. So 
he, he is a force and this is a team that is good on both sides of the ball. And I don't know if we want to pivot to this yet, Matt, but the, the one caveat for me that I think works in the bills advantage is this is not the same team when they go on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. They have not been on the road in almost a month. They all three of their losses have come on the road and, and one to a very, very bad Arizona Cardinals team. Uh, one getting blown out by the San Francisco 49ers, the Eagles game that you mentioned earlier in the show as well. But even on the road against the Chargers, for instance, that was a 20 to 17 win. This is not necessarily the explosive team that we've come to know that we've uh, that we've been watching over the last month. This will be their first game on the road since November 17th. Uh, so th- there's something to be said about that. And, you know, Josh Allen said he needs the Bills Mafia there and to be loud on Sunday. That's also something they haven't had to deal with in o- almost one month's time. Yeah, and it was kind of interesting hearing um, Micah Parsons talk about Josh Allen. And I, I don't know if anybody notices this. Like, if you if, if you don't watch his um, podcast, I highly recommend it. He's very entertaining. He comes off the, the cuff with a lot of uh, football takes. And he was talking to the media yesterday, and he was asked about, like, what it's like facing Josh Allen. And he goes... Allen reminds me a lot of that one crazy guy at the frat. He's that wild dude on the field. He's going to talk trash. He's going to get rowdy. He said if he was going to go and, and grill, he'd want to hang out and have a drink with, with Josh Allen. And, you know, a lot of fans had a lot of fun with that because it is kind of a succinct description of who Josh Allen is as a football player, right? Like he's out there is he's one of the guys. He he even like leans into that. Like he feels one of the like one of the guys. It doesn't feel like when you're talking to him, you're talking to a mega star superstar. He feels like you know one of the bros, if you will. And then when he goes out there and some of the th- kinds of things that he tries, um, he's gonna have to make sure that Allen, A, that he protects the ball, but almost like that, um, what's the best way? Like that, uh He's got to play with aggression, but it's got to be smart aggression. Like, yeah. it can't be ruthless aggression like Vince McMahon wanted back in the day. It's got to be, you know, cerebral aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. Calculated. Maybe, maybe, yeah, calculated. Maybe take a, a page out of the book of uh, Triple H. <laughs> there you go. I, I like the wrestling talk here, Perino. No, I, I think that's a good, good way of looking at it. If there's an opportunity for a big play, try to take that shot. If it's a one-on-one matchup that you like, down the field, by all means, do so. Don't try to throw it into double coverage, though. Uh, don't try to throw it to a receiver when he's fallen down and try, just trying to fit something in where you're kind of throwing across your body a little bit like the interception last week against the Chiefs. Play smart. Uh, take off when you feel like you need to take off, which is something he's done a really good job of. But, you know, live to fight for another day, too. Realize that if you're not going to be able to get the first down because the penalties are getting backed up for some reason, a punt and flipping the field it can be just as good at times. This is a must-win game. You and I talked about it. The fact that there's such a log jam among these wild card teams, and some of them have very advantageous schedules that are ahead of the Bills right now. Whether it's same record and tiebreakers, or maybe having a game up on them, uh, they need to handle their own business. They need to hope that the Dolphins maybe fall off, and this is the biggest game remaining on their calendar. You can make an argument for Miami too, but they win this one, and then the next two weeks uh, work in their favor in a big time way. Um, I'm going to try to not butcher this name, but you know, coming off that Chiefs game where I thought the interior uh, for the Bills' offensive line struggled at times, uh, it, this doesn't get any easier this week. And and the, the the Cowboys have a defensive tackle, Osa Oda Gizawa. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but. 
what whatever you want to call him, number 97 for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he's definitely going to be on the radar for the for the Bills as they prepare for this game. According to Pro Football Focus, he is the number six highest graded defensive tackle in the NFL this season. You know what the top five who are the top five are? Dexter Lawrence, Quinnen Williams, Daquan Jones, who's still sticking up there uh after his hot start in the first month. Um, Aaron Donald and then Aleem McNeil. Uh, my draft crush from a couple of years ago that the Detroit Lions ended up taking. Uh, those are the top five right now. And and there's uh, Oda Gizawa sitting right behind those five. He's really good. And I think this is a big, you want to talk about matchups to watch, Mitch Morris, Connor McGovern, Osiris Torrance. When they line up against him, he, they got to make sure that they they do a good job in, in protection. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a huge matchup, Matt. And that's elite company that he is in in terms of uh, the names on that top five so if the Bills O-line can hold up, and listen, they didn't hold up great last week. They, they gave Josh Allen enough time, though, to roll away, to break away on some plays, uh, to get out of the pocket. You know, you, you would like to see them hold a guy like that at bay so Allen can stay in the pocket, scan the field, make the plays, like they did on one play last week against KC where he found Deontay Hardy, for instance. But there was also many instances of Jones and company coming through and Allen having to create. That's the beauty of having a QB like Allen that can keep plays alive with his legs, has the arm where you can make any kind of throw available. But if this O-line can just take a little bit of a step forward from where they were one week ago, uh, it would I think it would bode very well for this team in the outcome of the game. All right, let's flip things over real quick. When the Cowboys have the ball, the Bills are, you know, they're banged up on defense. Uh, there, there's no way to kind of... Um, slice it other than that i mean they they were already uh kind of banged up this version of the defense has had, had to kind of find its own new identity with a lot of new starters tyrell dotson has been really good on that weak side linebacker role um they went out and they traded for rasul douglas who's been absolutely phenomenal uh there was a pff stat uh with his football war score uh he's one of the top cornerbacks in the nfl in that category uh so this is a a, a talented Offense. We mentioned CD Lamb. There's obviously um, Tony Pollard, uh, the guy that I think people need to be talking a little bit more of. You put a post up uh, on the website about him, Jake Ferguson. Their tight end kind of reminds me of like a throwback, like Jason Witten, Heath Miller, like super tough, willing to catch the ball over the middle. You know, without Micah Hyde, I mean, that's a situation where. This guy could get, have himself a really big game if you let him. And, and the Bills have to really do a good job in the coverage area. And I, I specifically am looking at Tyrell Dotson to make sure when he is in coverage against Jake Ferguson, there's not tackles uh, broken because that's, to me, in, in, in his history, that's where Dotson has struggled a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, the Bills are going to have you know their attention on CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks and uh, they also have to worry about Tony Pollard and Prescott, the passer, but that allows a guy like Ferguson to have a sneaky game. And, you know, he, he is apparently expecting to be much colder than what the forecast projects, dipping his hands in ice water, uh, before he catching balls in practice yesterday. But at the same time that you're right, this is a throwback guy. This was a uh, university of Wisconsin tight end. Uh, he's not flashy, but he catches the ball over the middle. He moves the chains. He does a good job of that. So the Bills need to account for him, know where he is at all times. But for me, Matt, it, it's the D-line. This is another game where the D-line needs to hold up and, and win uh, in the trenches. I, I think they did a good job last week uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. They had a lot of hits on Patrick Mahomes. 
They kept Clyde Edwards, Hilaire in check in the run game. And then most importantly, gap integrity, something we've heard from Sean McDermott a million times in his tenure as head coach. They did not give Mahomes any gaps to take off and run on plays where coverage was good downfield. And Mahomes is not the most fleet of foot guy, but he's very savvy and very good at uh, running and taking off when he needs to and moving the chains that way. He had one rush for eight yards last week. So gap integrity, staying, you know, getting after deck, deck Prescott with your front four is, is huge in this game. And then keeping the run game and, and uh, you know, Pollard in check is huge for this Bills, this Bills game and the outcome in trying to win in what is, again, a must-win game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, if you're looking for uh, to chat about this must-win game, become a Shout Insider today. Uh, 716-528-6727. You sign up, you get a two-week free trial, um, $3.99 a month after that. And if I'm feeling festive, it's the Christmas spirit. Send me a DM, email me at mperino at nyup.com. I'll give you one month free uh, at, through the playoff run, potentially, uh, to become a Shout Bills Insider. And the Shout text line is brought to you by Kerry C. Buyer. <clears throat> attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Letro. Got a little frog in my throat here. Located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give them a call at 716-852-1234 or check out LetroLaw.com. All right, real quick before we get to our predictions, check out my conversation with Dallas uh, Cowboys beat reporter Joe Hoyt. Uh, from Lone Star Live, great insight into this Dallas Cowboys team. Check out that interview right now. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the view from the other side. Bills Cowboys is an absolutely massive matchup this Sunday. And I have Joe Hoyt from Lone Star Live joining us. He covers the Cowboys out in Dallas. Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, of course, Matt. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm excited to talk about this game because you know the Bills have been in this kind of gauntlet the last three weeks. You have the Philadelphia Eagles, you have the Kansas City Chiefs, and now the Dallas Cowboys. And it, the first thing that I think of when I started like diving into this matchup is you have the Bills head coach, Sean McDermott, who's obviously been through a lot the last week or so. We don't have to get too much into that. But going into this season, you know they needed to change things up a little bit. So he took over the defensive play calling, the became the defensive coordinator. And then you have Mike McCarthy in Dallas who kind of had to do the same thing and take over the offense. I want to ask you first, like how has that gone? Because everybody I, I hear talk about this Cowboys offense tends to get to McCarthy and maybe some of the creativity and the success that he's had in that role. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And, uh, you know, he's calling offense without one appendix now. So, you know, there's that. Um, but, you know, this season, this season started off a little bit slow offensively. And I think there were some growing pains. I think that ultimately, you know, they spent a lot of time this offseason really trying to get on the same page, going back to the fundamentals, going back to the basics of offense. And I think, honestly, in the first few weeks, it almost looked a little bit conservative. You know, I think you saw Dak Prescott, who's now an MVP candidate, uh, MVP frontrunner, according to some odds. You know, I think he was kind of really trying to, you know, time up everything with his feet and make sure everything was all timed up rather than just playing football. 
And I think after the San Francisco game, you really saw something switch. They started using more motion, which has been a huge key for them. Um, they let Dak kind of say, hey, man, use your legs. You know, that is a weapon for you. You're not the fastest guy, but you are mobile. And so he's been really stepping up in the pocket, moving around, making plays. They have a, a 2.3 second threshold is kind of what they're thinking in the pocket. And after that, they said, hey, let's go play backyard football. And honestly, it's been working out really, really well for him. Yeah, and I mean, going back and watching the Eagles game, uh, I was impressed with Dak's presence in the pocket, like the ability to navigate the rush, also get off out, outside of structure and make plays in that department. I mean, watching Josh Allen the last couple of years, I think that's what really makes it tough on defenses. You know, the Bills are, are coming off of two straight, like really good um, improvisational quarterbacks that they faced. And now here's another one with Dak. Where do you, if you had to kind of figure out where the success for Dak has been this year the most, has it been with his vision? Has it been with his creativity? How much has the offensive line played into things? Where do you feel like if you had to pinpoint why the jump has, has happened, if there's been a jump, I mean, Dak's been good for a long time, why it's been so good in this version of the offense? Well, if you ask him, he'd probably say it's dad's strength because he's now an expecting father for the first time. Um, okay. But no, I think it honestly goes back to, a little bit of just making, you know, being a playmaker, kind of going back to a little bit what he did at Mississippi State. I mean, if you look at last year, a lot of interceptions, and he got a lot of flack for that. I mean, and he still kind of gets a lot of flack depending on who you ask, but he's really toned that down. You know, he's got 23 touchdowns and two interceptions in his, you know, since that San Francisco game. And I think, honestly, the big change kind of goes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier. It's, hey, just play football. Just just drop back, you know, trust your feet. If, if there's something open at two, two seconds, hit it. If not, you know, look to make plays. And I think that's been a big game changer for him. And I think, you know, ultimately one of the things we've seen with Dak is that not only is he improvisational, but he also can stay in the pocket and get things out quickly. And I think having a receiver like CeeDee Lamb has been a key. They've started getting Brandon Cooks more in the offense, uh, more than just kind of a, you know, sell speed kind of guy. And then I think, honestly, one of the bigger changes, too, is they they stopped practicing Tyron Smith every day you know, left tackle, you know, future Hall of Famer, you know, a guy that is a carbon copy of what you kind of think of in terms of in a lab left tackle. They start to practice him every day. And, you know, he's been doing walkthroughs and all that stuff, but they really want to take the physical grind away from him. And I think him paired with left guard Tyler Smith, last year's first round pick, has really made for a formidable duo on that left side. Yeah, and that's going to be an interesting one to watch because Von Miller uh, probably had the first spark of his season eight games before that. It just hasn't looked like the version of the player that he was uh, a year ago for the Bills. So he's going to have to step up in a big way. A.J. Epinesa potentially missing this game and, and multiple games. So Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, um, Greg Rousseau have a, a tall task, especially on that left side of that line. Um, I want to talk about Lamb a little bit because he's so interesting. First of all, I've had my Dynasty Fantasy League, so I've been uh, kind of a fan for a couple of years uh, in a couple of ways watching him play. And the evolution of his game, like he's a non-traditional wide receiver one in the sense that he plays so much out of the slot. If you look at the top 10 wide receivers in terms of pro football focus grade, he has the most slot snaps of any of those players by a huge uh, margin. Uh, Keenan Allen's the next one that pops up, but he's at number 10. He's got 331 to 300 for CeeDee Lamb. How do they use him, and is it – you know, the, the slot position for the Bills is, is where they have probably their best cornerback in Taron Johnson. He's dealing with an ankle injury right now, but we'll see if he's able to play. If he can't, man, that becomes a huge uh, storyline in this game. But Taron Johnson versus CeeDee Lamb, what makes Lamb so special? 
Yeah, fantastic question because CD, if you kind of go back and look at this season, you know, he started off okay. And then the San Francisco game, there was just very visible frustration. He was very, you know, and this is a guy that was kind of, he does play with emotion on his sleeve, but he was angry, wasn't getting the ball. Targets were a little bit low. It was a struggle. And basically he kind of told everyone on offense, hey, get me the damn ball. Um, and since then, he's been on a tear. He's been one of the best receivers in the league. And I think the slot portion of that is something very interesting, as you kind of mentioned, because one thing they've been doing since San Francisco, too, is having really orchestrated motion with him specifically. They're they're clearly trying to get him open. They, they love him in the slot because you can't really press him there. And his ability to kind of get off the ball is something that really makes him unique. And I think the other thing, too, with him is once he gets the ball in his hands, he has turned into one of the best yak receivers in the league. And it's kind of almost a little bit surprising because if you look at him, you kind of see a little bit, not rail thin, but he's a thin dude. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of lanky. He's kind of, you know, springy. And in but he has this kind of innate ability to really feel opposing defenders. You'll see him just throw spin moves out of nowhere where you're like, hey, man, how did you even see that guy in the back of your head? Um, so I think that his ability to kind of the ability to kind of motion him, get him open has been really concentrated and orchestrated. And I think that's something to watch. Um, I do think, though, if if you can kind of put a handle on him, that does put a lot of pressure on Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks and Jalen Tolbert and Jake Ferguson, who's really, really come along at that other spot, too. So that if that's that's probably your X factor to try and want to stop if, if you're the Bills. For sure. And Ferguson's so interesting because I was watching the broadcast uh, from the Eagles game and Chris Collinsworth was on there talking about just the mentality that he brings to the position. Obviously, he started to, you know, pop up probably two months ago when, you know, he was started appearing on waiver wire targets and fantasy football articles. But now, I mean, he's becoming turning into a legit matchup style tight end where you really have to secure the middle of the field. Um where did that come from? And was that the expectation coming into the season? Or has this been something where it's like, okay, this this Jake Ferguson kind of changes the complexion of this offense a little bit? Yeah, I think there were high expectations for him as a second-year tight end, you know, former fifth-round pick, um, probably higher than most in that situation because ultimately they let Dalton Schultz walk. And Dalton Schultz has been a really good target for C.J. Stroud down in Houston. But they let him walk with the hope that Ferguson could end up being a guy that developed over time. I would say, I think that he's even exceeded expectations ultimately. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that everyone kind of keeps coming back to is just his mentality. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's not something that was there last year, you know, and he's got a lot of confidence in his second year. I mean, so much so, I don't know if you watch the Seattle game, but he's out there, you know, he's, he's doing first downs in Jamal Adams face after he takes a huge hit. The last <laughs> game, he's sleeping over dudes. Um, you know, I, you ask, it's funny. The last question, the last press conference, post game press conference with Dak was about Jake. And I've never seen Dak light up like that in a post-game press conference. Even as the questions come and you see his smile growing bigger and bigger. And he just said, hey, he's a guy you want to play football with. Kind of reminds me just that, you know, that backyard football guy that that is just kind of, you know, confident, but also very tough. And, uh, I mean, his, his development has been um, way above expectations, I'd say. All right, let's flip things over to the defensive side of the ball. Because to me, this is the matchup that um, – I'm very excited to see how the Bills handle Dak Prescott, and they have to do a good job on that side of the ball. But to me, in Buffalo with the season, I'll still say that it's on the line. It's seven and six with, you know, some of the tiebreak situations are really bad. You know, the Bills, you know, if a couple of these teams in the AFC continue to win, they're going to be in a really tough spot if they if they lose any games. So the pressure's on. And the pressure, when you talk about pressure in the NFL, I mean, you have to start with Micah Parsons and what he's able to do uh, as a pass rusher on the edge. It's interesting because I think Deion Dawkins 
and Spencer Brown have had about as good of a season as you can have going into the season being the question marks that they were at left and right tackle. Now, with that said, Micah Parson is the most feared pass rusher in the NFL right now. I'm going to make that statement. He leads the league in pressures at 82, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, 14 sacks, 13 and a half, wherever he's at there. What makes him so good? And I know one of the big talking points, too, is how much they move him around. How much does that put offensive lines and the offensive scheme and plan in a bind when planning for, for Parsons? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you game plan against him, to be honest with you, because, hey, if you're going to line him up, you know, if he's going to line up at, you know, left end and he's going to go against your right tackle, it's like, okay, well, you might not know that until the snap is coming, to your point about him moving around. I think just ultimately his speed is just phenomenal. And I think one thing you've seen a lot, maybe more this year than last, is just his strength. Um, I mean, if you kind of go watch the Eagles game, his ability to hit the one sack he had, and Lane Johnson played very well against him, right? But their whole goal, I think, ultimately was to keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket, keep him in front of them. And how do you do that? Not by creating lanes and trying to use your speed rush, by going through guys. And ultimately, the one sack he had was he's pushing Lane Johnson absolutely through him, and he's able to get one hand on Jalen Hurts and make the sack. So I think his ability to not only line up in different areas, but to use different types of pass rush moves when he gets in those areas is very, very tough to match up against. And I think a lot of credit, too, also goes to the guy next to him, is Osa Odigizua has been fantastic. Kind of one of those guys you don't don't get a lot of credit. But if you look at interior pass rushers, he's been fantastic. And then on the other end, Demarcus Lawrence, more of a run, you know, elite run defender these days, but still has a good enough pass rush move to really kind of put offensive lines in a bind. So to your point, you know, we talk about watching C.D. Lamb on offense. If you're the Bills, you got to keep an eye and you got to recognize exactly where 11 is at all times. Where um, are things at with this secondary? And, and and how would you kind of categorize them? Because obviously you have Stefan Gilmore there that, you know, that everybody knows about him, especially in Buffalo. Um, you have this upstart, Deron Bland, who's taking the league by storm and has all these pick sixes. They're without Trayvon Diggs. Obviously, that would have been a fun part of this matchup as well. Uh, back on the, on the back end with uh, Malik Hooker there. What do you – how good is this secondary? And when you're trying to um, – kind of pinpoint what offenses have to prepare for with this defense. Where do you feel like things start? Is it is it based on how good they are up front? Is it complemented by that back end, or is this a, a legitimate, really good back end? No, I think it's definitely complemented by the uh, the front seven and their ability to get after the quarterback. Um, but, you know, I think in this game, and we've talked about it with Dak, I think Josh Allen is an improvisational, improvisational quarterback. It could pose some problems for that method. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on the secondary, and I think that they're a good secondary. Um, one of the things we've seen the last two weeks is Stefan Gilmore has been traveling for the first time and been mm -hmm. really doing a matchup thing. Normally they'd say, hey, one side, one side. Um, but in the first half of the Seattle game, DK Metcalf actually torched Deron Bland for a couple touchdowns and looked really impressive. So they said, hey, let's switch it up. Stefan, you're a little bit more vet. You know, you understand spacing. Go up against the bigger, stronger receiver. Deron, you can go take Tyler Lockett. They did the same thing against the Eagles. Hey, Stefan, you travel with A.J. Brown. Deron, you can take Devontae Smith. And I think that's kind of opened up a thing for the secondary. I think if there is one vulnerable point, and to his credit, he has been playing a lot better the last couple of weeks, but is Jordan Lewis, who's still kind of coming back from a, a really, really significant foot injury. You know, he had to have immediate surgery right after that. It was kind of career threatening at one point. And now he's still working his way back. It's an impressive story. And I think he's starting to find his groove. But if there is a place to kind of maybe beat them, it's in the slot um, with Jordan Lewis um, and trying to kind of get spacing that way because – the other thing with Deron Bland, even though he struggled against Seattle, he still had an interception in that second half. He's a guy that likes to get his hands in the ball, and it's kind of one of those things, if you target him, you're kind of putting yourself in danger to get an interception. 
Um, talk to me a little bit about these linebackers because I'm, I'm not really familiar with either. Um, and Landon, uh, Leighton Vander Esch, he went out for the season, right? A little bit earlier in the year. Yeah, what, yeah. what are they doing at the linebacker spot? Yeah, yeah. So Leighton's out for the season, neck injury. Actually, one of those things where they're going to evaluate his career moving forward just because yeah. he's had multiple neck injuries. Really unfortunate thing for a guy who's been a big part of that defense. Um, but ultimately, to your point, kind of unknowns at linebacker this season that have played well. I think the biggest unknown has been Marquise Bell. And this is a guy that undrafted free agent last year, you know, a safety in college, you know, from, a, you know, an HBCU school comes in, is mostly practice squad special teams playing safety. They said, hey, you know, we drafted Demarion Overshawn, who's going to be out for the season with an ACL at linebacker. So let's move him down into the box, see what happens. And long story short, he's kind of been a game changer from a coverage standpoint. He's, you know, he's really fast. Uh, it's funny, Micah Parsons got sick before the Carolina game, still had two and a half sacks, but he got sick because he had a dry scoop of C4 pre-workout. Mm-hmm. So for all you workout guys out there, you know what that can do to, to a guy and adding it to Micah Parsons is quite the, uh, quite the chemical reaction there. But <laughs> he got the idea from Marquise Bell. So Marquise Bell takes C4 before games, very fast, very quick twitch. Um, there's been t- points though in the run defense where that kind of shows up a little bit with him that, you know, he is that safety um and Damone Clark though has been really solid um he's a guy that's been over to take over the mic another former you know fifth round pick that they've had uh, that's been really good for them um but you know I think if you're gonna beat this team I think you've got to establish the run and the big question mark or question mark is without Jonathan Hankins in the middle how does Mozzie Smith this year's first round pick and maybe even Carl Davis you know a guy they had on the practice squad for a while how do they hold up in the, against the run and I think that there is a vulnerability there for Dallas this week mm-hmm um, interesting five game win streak for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, they've played on the, at least the last two uh, uh, really good teams. Uh, how do you view this game through the the scope of, okay, where Dallas is, is, is at, at their season. They've had a lot of success, especially recently. Uh, and now they're going on the road in December, uh, potentially, you know, I don't think it's going to be bad weather necessarily, but a team that's absolutely starving for a win how do you view this game from the Dallas side and how the, the type of team that we could see here on Sunday? I think the big question mark is, hey, you just slayed your dragon. How do you respond, especially going on the road to a cold place? And the other thing, too, is, you know, on the road, they've been so good at home. They've won 15 in a row at home. It's been unstoppable for them at this point. But the road has had some questions. It's a different cadence is the phrase that Mike McCarthy keeps using in terms of we're talking sleep rhythm, we're talking travel. And I think that's been affecting – them a little bit on the road and I think that they that this is a huge game in that regard it's a proving point for the road which ultimately they're gonna have to probably go on the road because right now even though them and the Eagles are tied the Eagles have the more likely chance of winning that tiebreaker even though they split in the regular season so this is a big question mark. can you go on the road and be a playoff team which you know I think even despite the record that's what the Bills are looked at especially here a lot of respect for them so I'm, I'm that's where I think their mentality is and the other thing with the Cowboys is there's been kind of this aura, hey, you're a great regular season team, but once you go in the playoffs, you kind of always slip up specifically to San Francisco. And I think that they're still trying to prove that, hey, we're different this year, that this team actually can do it, especially after losing to San Francisco bad in week five. So I think that that's where their motivation is. That's where their mentality is. And I think they know that this is going to be a really, really tough test in a cold weather game, which they're not necessarily used to. Great stuff. Uh, find him on Twitter, uh, X. At Joe, J-O-E-J-H-O-Y-T. 
for all the Dallas Cowboys coverage your heart can desire this week. Joe, thank you so much for coming on. This was great insight. Great to meet you. And I'm looking forward to shaking your hand on Sunday in the Bills press box. And I, I hear through uh, there's rumblings that you could be trying your first Buffalo chicken wings on Saturday. I'll be having my first Buffalo chicken wings. I'm excited. So if I shake your hands with a little bit of just medium Buffalo sauce, you know, maybe I'll even go hot. Who knows? But uh, sorry for advance about that. Awesome stuff, Joe. Take care. Thanks, man. All right, everybody. We are back. That was Joe Hoyt. He was awesome. Thank you so much, Joe, for spending a little time with us to prepare us for this massive uh, interconference game on Sunday between the Cowboys and the Bills. Ryan Talbot, it is prediction time. What do you got? It is prediction time, and after you know one week of falling off a little bit offensively, I have the Bills getting back on track. Uh, Joe Brady and company dialing some things up in this game, really frustrating a, a really game Cowboys defense. The Cowboys have not been the same on the road in a lot of their matchups, a lot of close games, a lot of all three of their losses. I have the Bills winning this one 31-23. All right. Um... Yeah, you think it's going to be a little bit more of a comfy win uh, for the Bills than I do, but I do have them winning 27 to 24. And, you know, to me, the the main factor in this game, it, it, and I know we talk about winning the turnover battle and it becomes so monotonous because it's almost like you could say that every week, right? The team that makes the least amount of mistakes tends to put themselves in a good position to win. But this is a game against a team that when they don't make mistakes, it's really hard to beat them, even when they are on the road. So I think that if you're Josh Allen, you have to protect that ball. Listen, I'm not saying that you you don't have to take, you shouldn't take chances. You shouldn't run with it. You shouldn't be aggressive. You shouldn't try to you know throw in a tight window, tight windows. You do that so well, do it, but know that any turnover um, could potentially change the momentum in this game. And last week, the chiefs had nothing sustainable on offense until that um, uh, mistake happened. And then you kind of saw the defense kind of finally go through that stretch of the game where they struggled. On the defensive side of the ball, though, which I think think was so important last week, was generating turnovers. I think when you put the opposing really good offense in a bad spot and to have to recover from mistakes in short fields, that's where I th think the Bills are going to have some success. I really like them in the spot. I really like them with their backs against the wall, having to go on a run here. Uh, I, I kind of predicted it, right, that they were going to go on this run and, and win the, the final five games, so I'm not going to come off of that quite yet. 27-24, Bills win this one. Yeah, I like it, Matt. I, I think this is going to be a great game uh, to watch, whether you're a Bills fan, Cowboys fan, or football fan in general. Uh, High-stakes game for both teams, obviously with the Cowboys trying to get up into that number one seed in the NFC. And then for the Bills, obviously, you know, trying to not only get into the wild card mix, but maybe try to win the AFC East if the the stumbles or, or the the – uh, Miami Dolphins in general continue this downfall. These, these, uh, this trend that we've seen late in seasons from them losing to the Titans, having the Jets this week, another really good defense before it gets much, much dip more difficult for Miami. Thank you so much for watching uh, this episode of Shout, which is brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Uh, Tops has real meat with real butchers. While the other stores have their meat packed in central processing facilities, Tops has real butchers you can trust to serve the very best to your family. Expert butchers, hand-cut fresh, high-quality USDA choice beef, and premium pork in store daily. If you don't know, if you don't see what you need, custom cuts and special requests are welcome. Large assortment of all-natural, grass-fed, antibiotic-free, and plant-based options for your family. He is Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. Uh, of course, 
Come see us uh, next Thursday, December 21st, live in person uh, at Turning Stone uh, Resort Casino in Verona, New York, about 30 minutes outside of Syracuse. We're going to do a live episode of Shout before I hit the road for L.A. to cover the Bills versus the Chargers. We will preview that game. We will get into all the nitty-gritty, and then afterwards we'll uh, hang out and uh, talk some Bills and uh, whatever you want to talk about, Ryan. It's not even just Bills. Let's talk about life. I don't care. That's right. Can't wait. All right, everybody, take care.